welcome to LaSalle Street Live. I am your host, Alexa Lichty. This will be our first episode of our reimagined show, LaSalle Street Live. And a little bit about myself is I am the marketing associate here at LaSalle, and I've been here just over a year now. And LaSalle is an independent wealth management firm based out of the Chicago suburbs, and our mission is all about empowering and serving the independent rep and advisor. So with this podcast, we want to, you know, take you behind the scenes here at LaSalle and show you what we're all about. And with this first episode, you'll hear a recent conversation between myself and Mark Conti, who is our Senior Vice President of Business Development. We're going to be catching you up on the last year or so here at LaSalle, as well as taking you through what we've been hearing a lot about in the industry right now, and that is consolidation. We're excited to take you along this journey with us, so welcome to our first episode. So today I am joined by Mark Conti, who is our Senior Vice President of Business Development. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for taking time to chat with me today. Appreciate it. It's always uh, good to be here. Good. So how are you? How was your weekend? Good. You know, it's summer here in Chicago. So, um, you know, what struck me the other day, well, you know, we're all watching the Olympics, and but what struck me the other day was the whole Cubs dismantling. Oh, yes. Right? That was you know, uh, that, that <laughs> made for an interesting weekend. It, it did. And, and what struck me, and I was... I was Sad to see it and glad to see it all at the same time. Right. But the the three players that we uh, traded over the weekend, Rizzo, Bryant, and Javi Baez, they were all so emotional to leave the city. Yeah, I know? saw the video of Chris Bryant finding out in the dugout, and yeah. he was very emotional, yeah. which is, you know, hard to see. But yeah. So that struck, that struck yeah. me over the weekend. But it also said, you know, hey, you know, these guys really felt uh, – a strong connection to the city and what they did here and the city embraced them and you know but it's got to be a tough thing to then one day just have to pick up and go start with a new team somewhere else that said they all hit a home run their first yeah. game after the I, know. I, I heard today that that was the <laughs> first time that's ever happened wow really that okay. you know players uh, joined a new team and scored a home run wow. <laughs> so yeah. you know exciting for them and yeah so it's good for them but it's got to be hard for them to pack up and their families were connected here especially Rizzo I mean he yeah. did a lot of great things here you know on his spare time so yeah that's the the rebuild I guess yeah so we'll see so, what happens in the next yeah, few so, years <laughs> yeah we'll see what's going you know where, where we go from here but that that was kind of positive emotional and negative emotional mm-hmm. all, all, all at the same time so I know the city's kind of busted up about you know breaking up the team so. yeah yeah so you have new news. So you or you have you know news or big news. Yes. You wanna you wanna share before we jump in today? Or? <laughs> so I just recently got engaged. Um, you know it was nice this weekend. I did absolutely nothing because I spent the last two weeks celebrating. <laughs> so that's exciting in the in full on planning mode right now. You know we have our ver- first venue visit this weekend. So looking forward to that. Good. Yeah. Now the real work starts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know I've been having fun, you know, on Pinterest, planning everything right now. But, yeah, now the the real work starts where I'm going to have to start, you know, making some payments. So, (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. uh, We'll have to chime in on future episodes on how that's going. Yeah, I will definitely catch you guys up on the planning. Awesome. Good. Yeah, so something else we, I guess, just celebrated here is my one-year mark um, Mm. at LaSalle Street. And, you know, just kind of looking back on the last year, there's been a lot of new features that we have, um, a lot of exciting announcements. So if you kind of want to take us back through the highlights of our last year here at LaSalle. Yeah. Well, not to mention 
you know, the last year and a half has been very challenging from a COVID, you know, the COVID perspective yeah, and um, everyone on lockdown and figuring out, you know, who's who in the zoo and what their life's going to look like uh, mm-hmm. once we come out of that. So, you know, uh, honestly, here at the firm, we took an approach of kind of, um, I'll call it, well, I want to say business as usual, but it's really not that. We really took an opportunity to look at the business and kind of roll out some new platforms and offerings to the rep. We thought it was a good time to retrench a little bit and do that. So, you know, we did everything from, um, you know, our new Medicare platform, as you know, focusing on the Medicare space, which is exciting. We're starting to get traction there. We rolled out a uh, retirement plan help desk for those reps and advisors out there that want to go after uh, more retirement plan business. We thought we could start to develop a an in-house team or a support structure to help uh, reps who want to go after that business. You know, we rolled out a, what I'll call a zero interest rate loan focused on succession planning. You know, it's staggering the number of reps and advisors that are scheduled to retire over the next 10 or 15 years. I think COVID is going to accelerate and has accelerated some of that. So we put a program around reps and advisors can tap into some financing at the firm level to help bridge the gap between buyer and seller. So we rolled that out during this time. You know, we've put some more formalization around a kind of a direct held help desk where for VA and direct mutual fund direct business, we have more resources now around helping advisors either transition or support their direct held uh, business as well. So and not to mention the work that Danny's doing in the tech space, rolling out new you know, and putting some more formality around the, our technology stack and doing some educational webinars and videos on how to implement those tools in your practice or use them within your practice. So we, we put more resources around, you know, what Danny's doing as well. And then not to mention, you know, the work that, you know, you and Matt are doing around marketing and recruiting new reps and advisors. We've had, we've had some, you know, great wins and onboarded a handful of new uh reps and advisors and teams here over the last just couple months and um, so the you know that pipeline looks uh, very strong going forward and you know we've brought in some real solid business over the last you know 12 to 18 months during this time as well so uh, you know we've just took it as an opportunity to relook at the business you know where do we need to develop more platforms or resources and put more energy towards and those areas there is where we where you know we, we spent a lot of time over the last you know 12 to 18 months yeah, there's definitely been a lot going on here, a lot of exciting things. And, um, you know, one thing that we're kind of talking a lot about right now is that area of consolidation um, with RAAs. And, you know, you mentioned some wins that we've had, and we're seeing a lot with that space right now. Why do you think we're seeing this rise in consolidation in the industry? What do you think is causing it right now? Do you think it has to do with the pandemic at all or related Um, to that? Well, in reality, it's been going on for a while, right? Consolidation is something that's uh, been in our space for some time. It's not a new phenomenon, but I think the pandemic has accelerated it, uh, or that's part of the reason why some of it has accelerated. But in reality, it's been going on in the broker dealers on the broker dealer side for some time. I think you know about ten years ago, there were maybe five or six thousand broker dealers in the country. Now there's like four or thirty eight hundred. Wow. So you know there's continual consolidation in that space, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You know it could be uh, the primary owner or owners aging out. 
it could be regulatory, it could be economic, it could be just lack of growth and, and you know, folding into a or tucking into a larger entity and becoming a branch uh, on that firm's platform is just a better uh, business model. There's a lot of reasons why it's been happening on the broker-dealer side. On the RIA side, you're right, we're starting to see more activity there. And, and a lot of times, for the, in my opinion, the same reasons are at play. You know, re- regulatory is certainly one of them. I, I think what's different in the RIA space is, you know, 10 years ago, for example, a, a male or female advisor may have broken away from a wirehouse or gotten to the point where they just wanted their own independence. They really wanted to form their own entity and run their own business and, and be free of kind of anybody else, for lack of a better term. Right. And that, that has worked. That, that's, that's a great business model. I think what advisors, though, have misunderstood, misinterpreted, uh, underestimated, whatever word you want to use, is the amount of time they'll end up spending running the business. Yeah. And what I mean by that right. is operational issues of the day, compliance, hiring staff, dealing with different vendors for different solutions and, and technology, you know, managing the relationship with their custodian, like a Fidelity or TD or Schwab. And all these things over time now then start to get in the way of growing the business. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, and, and they end up spending sometimes upwards of 50 or 60% of their time running the business right. versus working in the business or working with their clients yeah. or growing the clients. So yeah. there's always a, 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 you know, that's fine, but then there's always a negative, you know, a, a minus side to that. And, and I think that has been at the expense of then growing the business, yeah. right? Because there's only so many hours in the day. So, you know, not to mention, I think the custodians out there are starting to, you know, go to their clients who are, you know, say less than 150 million in assets. Let's use that number. Could be a little less, could be a little more. And they're, and they're saying, hey, listen, if you're not growing or you're not going to get to this certain AUM threshold, we don't know if we're going to be able to provide you with the same service model that you may want or may be used to because we're spending our time on the larger, we have to spend our resources on the larger client so either that needs to be okay with you or we may even ask you to leave the platform and and you may have to then move your business anyways there's some so you know i'll call that you know some people call it trimming the bottom um of the the, you know smaller client Mm -hmm. list but there's certainly consolidation in that space there's more activity there than i've seen in the last five years and i'll I'll, I, i can attest to what you know kind of the pipeline matt's work working on and opportunities he's talking to on the recruiting side we're talking to more RAAs like that in fact Joe Serapo who we just brought on outside of Philadelphia was a prime example of that and had all of those things I just mentioned as part of when he came to us Mm -hmm. he's like yeah I'm dealing with this 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 and this and those are all the things It, it was a perfect case study for why he did what he did and he transitioned here a couple months ago he's kind of settled in now and um you know now we're working together and he's leveraging our resources yeah. here at the at the home office right. versus and then outsourcing some of his you know he's kind of right sizing his business on what he wants his business to look like going forward and his quality of life going forward he really just wants to get back to growing right. that's why he kind of did what he I did. know one of the things that stood out to me that Joe Serapo said was that he wants to get back to what 
he loves about the business and that's servicing the clients and that's something you know when RAA would tuck in under LaSalle that they would have more time to do is servicing the clients and you know getting back to growing and you know doing what they love which is why a lot of the reps and advisors obviously get in the business uh, you know in the first place because they like helping people Mm -hmm. they you know they like servicing the clients you know and and you know like anything else if you're not growing your business it's 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 dying so you you almost have to so you know the last piece of this has has COVID you know been a part of this yeah I think COVID has been a part of everything meaning it's it's made people just look at their lives in general. Oh just, yeah, I'm even seeing that with wedding planning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, and, and your parents to moved about. to Florida. You yes. Know, that, that, you know, so uh, I think it's it's holistically made people look at their lives like, hey, where do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like when we come out of this? You know, maybe, you know, I need to just get back to my roots and and just relook at everything. And I, I think a lot of people are, have done that or and are doing that and uh, setting the stage for when we come out of this and what they want. You know what they want their day-to-day to, to look like. Yeah, those are all definitely, um, you know, good reasons for an RA to consider consolidating or tucking in. But why do you think this is a good opportunity for us here at LaSalle Street? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, listen, you know, the firm has been around for 47 years now. There's not a business model we don't, you know, deploy on our platform, be it a, you know, commission-only, fee-only, hybrid insurance focused RA only so you know just like anything else if you're not <laughs> just like if you're not yeah. growing you're dying so you know we have made a commitment to obviously this this business we're not you know in a, we're not looking to sell to LPL or we're looking to grow as well and you know we have the custodian and the clearing relationship with Fidelity uh, we have the home office infrastructure here and we certainly can grow at scale so to onboard an RIA or a, a new advisor team or you know uh, you know 10 of these uh, we have the infrastructure uh, the capital and the wherewithal to to do it so it's like anything else you know if you're not focused on growing your business you're not growing you're dying so yeah. uh, that's you know it, it's a great opportunity because we can easily onboard uh, opportunities like this as we've done uh, with a couple of these now and um as well as on the broker-dealer side, and uh, we want to take advantage of that consolidation. So you can't do them all, but but we'll we'll be selective on the ones that uh, you know fit into our culture and our business model the way we want them to. And you know, because there has to be that relationship and culture, it has to work for both sides, right? It, we have exactly. to see the opportunity as well. So we'll be selective, like we normally are. But you know, we have an infrastructure here that can support any business model so therefore you know new business is always healthy to any organization and that's why it's you know it's good for us as well yeah and you could really see you know just looking back on the last year how focused we are on growing with all the new you know platforms we implemented and you know taking on medicare so that's something we're definitely working on right now is growing and continuing to grow and looking for new opportunities and not to mention our you know our custodian fidelity they a lot of times will try to partner or you know put a relationship that maybe isn't growing or they might be considering you know a, a either a reduced service model or even asking a, a customer to leave you never want to do that so right. fidelity will always does a good job trying to find a, a a client on the platform that maybe that that firm could 
or that opportunity could tuck into, they'll always explore all those opportunities before telling a customer they have to leave or that they're going to, you know, reduce their service model. So, you know, we have a great, you know, we've been with Fidelity for over 30 years, so we have a great uh, relationship with them as well. So um, a lot of times we'll find, you know, try to find a home and, you know, versus, uh, you know, potentially the business leaving the platform altogether. So it's really working together. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, just finding a home for an RA, but, you know, what about at the rep level? Are we seeing a lot with succession planning and consolidation at the rep level? Yeah, I think if there's one thing that has accelerated more than anything else over the last two years in this pandemic, it's the individual rep level succession. I'm here eight years now, and and I, I find myself spending more and more of my time working with our reps and advisors on their own succession, right? So we had our little Illinois, Indiana golf outing last week out over in Michigan. And that was, a you know, five years ago, that was never a topic of conversation right. with between reps. And now there's more of those conversations uh, happening. And, and then selfishly, we want to be part of those conversations because the last thing I want is for a rep to call one day and say, hey, Mark, or hey, Dan, or hey, LaSalle, I sold my book to the LPL guy down yeah, or, yeah, or, or lady that. down the street, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're, selfishly, we want to keep the business on the platform. So right. we're motivated to work with our reps and advisors on succession planning strategies and uh, helping them bridge the gap between, helping them buy, you know, find potential buyers to come into their practice. We have a team transitioning now that you know, over the next couple months, once they get settled in, they're going to come back to me and say, okay, you know, we came to you because we're both local area. You're here. We're mm-hmm. here in Chicago. And now we want to find a successor to our business because we haven't been able to find that at our, at our other firm. Right. So there'll be more of that, you know. So there's always this matchmaking that goes on or you try to do yeah. to match like-minded people up to, to facilitate the buyer and seller. So I expect more of this. And I think the one thing that COVID has done is accelerated that piece of uh, you know the succession planning space is the is the individual uh, rep and advisor. So there's a there's a lot of work to do in that space. Yeah, I know. I like how you kind of phrase it as we play the matchmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, we we take the time to get to know our reps and advisors, and we try to find the the best match for them for their business. And yeah, I just like the way that we yeah so think so think about that because you know try to get try to do that at a rep at a firm that has ten thousand reps right you're not going to get that level of engagement (laughs) Mm -hmm. or attention you you might here and there but you know that's a that's a you know i kind of view myself a little bit as a consultant to our reps and advisors because you know they come to me it's like hey mark you know i'm not ready to retire yet but you know five years i'm thinking about you know what 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 should i be thinking about and you know next thing you know we're talking for an hour about um, you know, finding a junior advisor to bring into the practice, anyone in the family interested, valuation, um, how to actually execute against a, a succession plan, you know, day to day, how long does it take, what works best, what doesn't, where are the hiccups and, and bumps in the road, and you find yourself uh, getting into these more detailed conversations, which I think are all healthy. Yeah, try to get that level of engagement with one of the owners or senior executives yeah. of a LPL or a larger firm. You're, you're kind of out there on right. your on your own. So and it, it kind of allows us to be creative too. Like you know, recently we had an op-ed come out about a rep who was 
in the engineering space and now he's taken over a book of business and Mm -hmm. you know we kind of help bring that together yeah and there's a lot of people out there in corporate america i'll call it that are in there you know that, that maybe graduated college and went out in the world and got got you know jobs or you know started a career with a large company and then they realize after five six seven years it's like i don't know if this large corporate space is really where I want to be. I want to be something that I can sink my teeth in, more entrepreneurial, where I can make more of a difference. And, and this industry and this space is is a prime example of, of, an, op- of, of an opportunity to, you know, for young folks like that. It, finding the right match, though. Uh, yeah. And in, in that yep. case, you that's our Tyler, Texas office. And we, you know, that was a perfect match for the female advisor that wanted to start to think about retirement over the next five years. Mm-hmm. So, it gave the younger advisor an opportunity to come in, work together for a few years, and then work on a, you know, he, he ramps up, she ramps down at their own time frame. You know, the, it, it just works best when you have that two or three year period of time where yeah. people working together when succession plans work uh, really well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, succession planning something that we could probably talk about all day. So maybe a future episode we can focus more on that and there's a whole episode here probably on just the dynamics of advisor to advisor succession planning and and we could talk at at length you're you're absolutely right It's, it's it's a large topic for sure well i think that brings us to the end of our episode today but definitely stay tuned you know maybe we'll have a future episode on succession planning and i think we're going to have a lot of exciting things coming up in august and over the next few months here so stay tuned make sure you're following along with us on our website lasallest.com and along with us on social media where we'll be posting updates and any exciting announcements to come Um, you can follow us on twitter at lasallestsec and on linkedin at lasall street securities and make sure you're staying tuned for future episodes of lasall street live thank you mark for joining us today and we'll catch up next time thank you